0: my name is Mark and I'm excited to be here with you. Brad uh, asked me to come and share with you a couple weeks while he's away and I got to know Brad a couple years ago uh, actually about six years ago and I found out that Brad and I were both from the state of Ohio. I found out that we were both graduates of Mount Vernon Nazarene University and I also found out that Brad just like myself, was a huge fan of the Ohio State Buckeyes. So I knew Brad was a great, great guy just based on those things. All right, there. So now hopefully that doesn't make any of you think any less of me. Maybe, maybe it makes you think a little more of me. I don't know. I'm not sure. But uh, I, I've heard some great things about you all here at the table and, and this church, and I am just honored to be able to be here with you over the next couple of weeks and share with you as we are going but over these next two weeks, I really want to kind of explore an idea here and talk about relationships in our lives. And this idea that sometimes I feel that maybe, uh, maybe I should owe somebody something or maybe when I feel like somebody owes me. And both of these things can really have an impact on our relationships it can have a huge impact and maybe after these two weeks maybe after we've talked a little bit we've shared and we've discussed maybe we'll have a little bit better grasp a little bit better idea on a way to have better relationships in our lives so we're gonna start this week talking about something i thought on a day that typically we would pause and be grateful for the country that we live in and the freedoms that we have, that it would be a good day to talk about a little thing called gratitude. Now, gratitude is a little thing that makes a huge impact in our relationships. But as we talk about this idea, we think about this idea of gratitude, we're gonna start with the opposite of gratitude and think through this idea of a word called ingratitude because very few things can sting a relationship like ingratitude and ingratitude it's that feeling of being underappreciated and the reason why it stings so much the reason why it hurts so much is it's the exact opposite of what we expect and maybe even what we think we deserve so if you do something for somebody you go the extra mile maybe you sacrifice for them maybe you give them something that maybe they didn't really deserve right I mean, the expectation is at least a thank you, right? I mean, you expect something in return. Now, that's not why we do those things, or at least it shouldn't. But when we do something and and help somebody out, a thank you would be nice, right? A gesture of appreciation. And when that doesn't happen, especially in our relationships of those who are closest to us, it can hurt a little. And ingratitude, it can be the things that we say or it can be the things that we don't say, right? Uh, It can be the behaviors that somebody exhibits or it can be the lack of behavior in a certain circumstance. But either way, ingratitude stings. And I think that we have all been on both sides of that equation before. Now, here's how it works, right? Here's how it works. The recipient of ingratitude, somebody who experiences ingratitude, you're always aware that happens, right? I mean, if you're in a relationship with somebody and they're ungrateful, you know it right away. You're always aware. There's no mystery there. Interestingly enough, though, the initiator, the person who may not be a showing gratitude, they are rarely aware that that is happening, right? It's one of the great mysteries of our relationships. We can be going through life thinking that everything is A-OK. Everything is great. Everything is, this is the best relationship I've ever been in, right? And then all of a sudden, somebody comes up to us and says, you know, I've been thinking, and and I I just don't know, I don't feel like you appreciate me very much. I, I feel like maybe you even take me for granted from time to time. And usually if we're accused of something like that, the first thing we think is, what? No, of course. Of course I appreciate you. Of course, of course, I don't don't want you to think that I take you for granted. But here's a strange thing that happens. When when someone accuses us of something like that, when somebody comes up to you and says, they say, man, I I just feel like you don't appreciate me. I mean, the first thing that we think of is no, 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 I'm grateful. And all of a sudden in that moment, our minds start flooding with all the reasons that we are grateful for that person and all the reasons that we do appreciate them. But the problem is usually this. We haven't expressed those feelings to that person. And so it's a huge disconnect, relationally. It's a huge disconnect, because the other person can end up feeling underappreciated. So we're going to go even a little bit deeper. And then we're going to take a look at a story from the life of Jesus. And here's why we're going to talk about this today. We're going to talk about this today, because any of us in here who are in any kind of relationship that is important in our lives. Gratitude and ingratitude both determine the course of our relationships. In other words, they determine how much you are willing to continue entrusting to someone. And it also determines how much they are willing to continue to entrust to you. And because of that disconnect, we can be going along our merry way and thinking everything is a-okay in our relationships when really they're not and that is a big deal now if you are new here to the table you're new here maybe maybe someone invited you to come this morning and you're not even really sure you buy into this whole religion thing and this whole Jesus thing and I'm not even sure that I believe all this yet that's okay we're glad that you're here. And I want to invite you at some point in time to read one of the Gospels of Jesus, at least one of them, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. At least read one of the accounts of Jesus' life. Today we're going to look at a story that's found in the book of Luke that talks a little bit about Jesus, and, it's, and something that happened in his life. And in this story, Jesus takes a look and he asks a question that brings us right to the tension between this idea of gratitude and ingratitude. So we're going to be in Luke chapter 17. We're going to be looking at verse, starting at verse 11. If you have your Bibles, you can follow along. If not, they're going to be here on the screen. Or if you're watching online, it'll be at the bottom of your screen as well. But it starts off by saying this. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And we're going to just kind of stop at every verse. We're just going to break down this passage because I think it's important. First thing we need to understand, and some of you may know this, is that Jews and Samaritans didn't like each other. They didn't like each other. Samaritans, uh, they weren't quite Jewish. They kind of had their own religion, but it was kind of a knockoff Jewish religion. And so the Jewish people just didn't really care for the Samaritans. Samaritans didn't really care for them. And so there's just kind of this conflict going on constantly between these two groups of people. And so up north we have Galilee, in the south we have Judea, and right smack dab in the middle we have Samaria. So i got a map for you just to kind of give you an idea of what the, 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 the area looked like. So these two groups of people didn't like each other, but in order to get from Galilee to Judea, or Judea to Galilee, you had to go right through Samaria. You had to go right through the middle of the place that, of the people that you despised the most. Some Jews would even just go around, even though it was such a, so much farther of a trip, they would just go around to avoid the Samaritans altogether. So Jesus is on the border and he's, in, he's headed into this village and in this area, and so the story goes on verse 12, it says, as he was going into the village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. So leprosy, it was like the disease of the day. Everyone was scared of it. It was contagious. People were cast out of the city if they had it. I mean, it sounds very similar to what we've experienced the last year and a half with COVID right? I mean, it was just kind of like this, I heard you cough. Why don't you just go stand over there, right? I mean, we just don't want to be around it. It was one of these scary things. And so people were afraid of this disease because if you had leprosy, you you had to live away from everybody else. And it was kind of this long-term death sentence. It was this long-term death sentence. It was like being in a prison without walls, because you, you would have to, when you were out and about and you saw people coming, you'd have to ring a bell. Or you'd have to yell out and you'd have to let people know, hey, unclean over here, unclean, I, I, you can't come around me, right? I have leprosy. And they had to tell people what was going on. On top of that, they weren't allowed to worship. They weren't allowed to go to the temple. They were a religious outcast even. Because if you had something like leprosy, what it meant was that you or somebody in your family had sinned. And this was your punishment from God. So if you had this disease, you could live a really long time. But every single day, you were reminded that you didn't fit in and you didn't belong. And so these 10 men, they're together because they didn't have any other choice. It was the law. They had to be out away from everybody else. They could be together, but away from everybody else. And so they're huddled together outside this village. And they see Jesus coming, and the story goes on. They stood at a distance, and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. See, they couldn't get close to him because they were outcasts. They had this disease. And so they're yelling in this voice, Hey, hey, Jesus, we've heard stories about you. We've heard what you do. Could you have pity on us? Help us out. Now, in other stories similar to this, when you've read about Jesus, we would read a lot of times that Jesus might walk right over to those people. He might touch them, he might heal them, because Jesus was known for touching the untouchable and loving the unlovable. And he would heal them, maybe right on the spot. But Jesus does something different in this particular situation. He does something that's a little bit usual, and Jesus yells back at them. He says, when he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. Seems like an odd request, right? And these ten guys must have been thinking the same thing. What did he say? Go show ourselves to the priest. How's that going to help us? What's that going to do, right? Just come over here and heal us like we've heard that you've done before. And so after Jesus yells back at them, he, he keeps walking on his way. Now, there's a lot of things that are going on in this story that we need to understand. Number one, in the Old Testament, if a person had a disease that caused them to be an outcast, once the disease went away, once they were healed, once, they, once everything cleared up, they went to the priest of the town, the closest priest, to, to show themselves. And, and the priest would kind of look them over and give them a stamp of approval, give them the clean bill of health. So they'd come in and see the priest, stick your tongue out, say, ah, dude, I don't know, whatever the priest did to say, okay, looks like you've been healed. You are outcast no more, right? You can go back into society. This was the law. If you're healed of a disease, you go see the priest. But the problem was in this story, Jesus told these guys to go see the priest, but they still had leprosy. They still had all 10 of them. They, still, they could look at their arms, their bodies, they still had this disease. The second thing that we need to understand about this is to put yourself in the shoes of the priest in this story, right? And if 10 guys show up in the temple and they say, hey, we've been healed of leprosy. Like we had it. It's gone now. We just need you, to, we need you to give us the stamp of approval. That's going to make an impression on the priest. And Jesus liked to make impressions on people. And the priest might even ask, well, how did this happen? Because, like, if one of you came, I might get it. But 10 of you all at once, you had leprosy. Now, everybody got healed at the same time. Like, what even happened? Well, we saw this guy coming in town. We yelled at him. He yelled back at us. He told us to come here. And boom, we're clean. We're healed. Give us the thumbs up, right? The third thing that's going on here is we don't know where the priest is. We don't know if he's hours away. We don't know if he's days away. And if you commit to a journey like that, if you commit to walking an hour, three hours, maybe a day away, right, you got to believe that there's something up with Jesus. you got to believe that there's something going on here, that this is a big, big expression and and, and confidence of your faith in Jesus. I'm going to make this journey back to Jerusalem or whatever town it is that they're going to, and, and they're not going to let me in because I got leprosy. I'm an outcast. I can't go in the city. So between this little village that we're in and wherever it is that we're going, something better happen or we're not even getting in. And so for them to do this and do what Jesus was asking them to do would be an extraordinary act of faith on their part. So there's a lot going on here. There's a lot happening. Jesus goes to the village and these guys look at each other and they go, "Well, oh, what do you want to do? I don't know, what do you want to do? It's been a long time since I've been to the city, it's been a long time since I've been to the temple. I've had this disease for, I can't remember how long. Well, what do we got to lose? We got leprosy, we got to try something. And so they decide, let's do it. What do we have to lose? And so these guys start making their way to the closest priest, and something happens. And Luke goes on in the story and says, as they went, they were cleansed. Now, again, we don't know if this was an hour, six hours, we don't know if it was a day, we just know at some point, according to what that passage of scripture says, that when they started walking and doing what Jesus asked them to do, they were healed. They looked down and the disease that they had was gone. And this is where the story begins to cross with this idea. It's crossed paths with this topic of ingratitude. And it goes on, it says, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. So at some point, as they're walking towards the, to see the priest, and they had leprosy, and they look down and they go, oh man, we, we don't have leprosy. We don't have this disease anymore. They probably began running to the priest, right? They probably began sprinting to get there as fast as they could because he's going to put a check in the box. He's going to give them the clean bill of health. He's going to tell them, hey, you can go back. You can be part of your family again. You can see your friends again. These guys just got their lives back. But before they can do anything else, the law says they have to go see the priest. But Luke tells us one of them turns around. It says, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And then he points out he was a Samaritan. So remember, there's a conflict going on between the Jews and the Samaritans. But essentially, what he was doing was he was going back to thank the one that enabled him to get his life back. He went back to say thank you for the gift that he had been given. So, I want you to think about our own lives here for a moment. No matter how successful any of us are, no matter how talented, no, much, no matter how much hard work and, and, and determination that we have, we can all look back on our lives. No matter where we're at in life, and we can look and see that there are people that help, have helped us get where we are. All of us have people that have come behind us to help us become who we are. And this guy... That Luke is telling us about in this story gets that. He understands that. That he had someone that was helping him be able to get his life back and move forward in his life. And he returned to thank him. So we're gonna stop right there for a moment because I hear at the table that you all like to have discussion and talk about things in the middle. So we're gonna do that just for a moment. So I want you. To find somebody next to you or if you're by yourself you can think about it yourself or journal it or find somebody to talk to but I want you to ask this question or actually tell a story first I want you to share of a time when maybe somebody has been so extraordinarily nice to you or maybe it was a time when you were extraordinarily nice to someone else how did that make you feel and how did it make them feel and what was your response? What was their response? So take just a few moments. A time when somebody was extraordinarily nice to you or you were extraordinarily nice to somebody else. What was your response? What was their response? How did it make you feel? How did it make them feel? Go ahead and take a few moments and then we'll come back just in just a moment. good. All right, so let's go back to, let's get back to our story here. One of the ten, Luke tells us, has come back to thank Jesus. And then Jesus asks a question that really gets to the heart of the tension between this idea of gratitude and ingratitude. And here's what he says in verse 17. Jesus asks, we're not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Now, this might have been a little facetious, right? I mean, this might have been a little facetious on Jesus' part. Like, Like, wasn't there 10 of you? Like, did did I not have enough power to heal all 10 of you? I could only heal one? Like, I don't understand, right? And, And he asked this question, where are the other nine? There's something missing, right? There's something that feels unfinished. Do you remember the first time that you experienced this kind of tension? I'll help you remember, right? It's when you were a kid your family went over to a neighbor's house, a friend's house for dinner, and they gave you a piece of candy or something like that. And as a kid, what do you do? You immediately start ripping into that thing, ready just to throw it in your mouth. And before you get it, I mean, you're like mid, what what happens? Mom or dad? Hey, 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 hey." what do you say? What do you say? Right? I mean, it's like this sense of panic when that happens. And you're kind of like, oh, you know, and so, so we remember that tension, right? I mean, you remember that tension. Before you unwrap it, before you put that in, what do you say? Thank you, right? Every adult knows in that moment, there's something that has to happen. There's something that's unfinished. There's something that's incomplete. Because all of us know in that moment, all of us know that if there isn't an expression of gratitude, that something's wrong. Something, something doesn't feel right. Something's missing we understand that that's a big deal. We understand it's a big deal. We understand it for sure when it's our own kids. Like, I mean, that's like a huge source of embarrassment. If you're a parent and your kid doesn't say thank you, you're like, oh, please, just say thank you, right? But in our adult lives, in our adult lives, when we begin to think about uh, our relationships with the people that we care about the most, and we really do appreciate them, the people that we really love, we begin to miss this, that something isn't finished. We'll almost, we panic, we go into a panic as as adults when our children forget to do something like that. But when it comes to us as adults, it's easy to forget and keep moving forward without expressing our gratitude. And so Jesus finishes the question by saying this. He says, has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he goes on and says, he said to them, he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Now, if you were to read this story all by itself, your reaction might be, how ungrateful. Only one person came back to say thank you. Unbelievable. Those other nine, what jerks, right? I mean, these guys just got their lives handed back to them. And they couldn't even pause to say thank you, right? They just go on their way. But here's what I think. If we were able to get in a time machine and go back and find these guys and track them down, track these nine, nine guys down and kind of follow them as they're on their way to see the priest, my guess is we would see these nine guys and they're probably singing praises to God. They're, they're, they're probably running to the priest. I mean, they're, they're on their way to find what's, uh, 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 to get that clean bill of health. And if we were able to find them say, hey, hey, guys, I have a quick question for you. Aren't you thankful for what Jesus just did in your life? I mean, what do you think their reaction would be? What do you think they would say? Yeah, of course we're grateful. We can't believe, you don't understand. I've had leprosy. We had to live outside the, the city walls for so many years. You don't understand. We just got our life back. We are so grateful. And there's no doubt in my mind that this would be their response if we were able to track these guys down. But the problem is this, and this is where we miss it sometimes in our own relationships, that when it came to the other nine, they felt it, but they did not express it. They were just ready to move on with their lives. They were, were they grateful? Yeah, they were grateful. I'm, I'm sure of that, but they didn't express it. And was that a big deal? Well, I think Jesus thought so, based on his response. Where are the other nine? Weren't ten of you? Weren't there ten of you? Something's wrong, and that brings us to this really simple idea. But I think that it's an idea that currently impacts every relationship that we have in our lives, whether it's with a spouse, whether it's with our children, whether it's with employees or employers or coworkers, whatever it is. And it's this idea that unexpressed gratitude communicates ingratitude. And there really is no in-between there, right? When we withhold gratitude from people around us, we may feel it in our hearts. But if it's not expressed, if we don't share it with them, the other person will see it and they'll feel it as ingratitude, and it goes even deeper than that. Unexpressed gratitude is experienced as rejection. And here's how. I want you to think of it this way. Do you ever, do you ever overlook people, overlook people in your life, Take things or people for granted in your life, somebody that goes above and beyond for you. Maybe it's somebody that just helps out like they always do, like they're just always so helpful, right? Do you ever miss the opportunity to say thank you to mom, to dad, to a spouse, to a friend, a co-worker, whatever it might be? Of course you appreciate them. but have you told them? And without ever meaning to, our unexpressed gratitude begins to feel like rejection. So don't miss this here, because I think it can help some of us in here, right? Don't miss this. Our hearts gravitate towards acceptance. On the other side, our hearts are repelled by rejection. Now, I know that that is earth-shattering stuff, like mind-blowing, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I never knew that. But hey, sometimes we miss the most common sense stuff. Sometimes we miss it, and yet this is who we are, that our hearts run towards acceptance and we're, are repelled by rejection. And it's one of the reasons why we see so many broken relationships in our society. A husband or wife running to the arms of somebody else because ingratitude is this subtle form of rejection, which means that you can push somebody right out the door with ingratitude. You can walk yourself right out of their heart with ingratitude. You can send a child right out of your home and right out of your life with ingratitude. The person that you say you love the most, you can ingratitude them right out of your life without ever even it, knowing it, because ingratitude is a subtle form of rejection, and the heart will run towards acceptance. And this is why the subject, I believe, is so important and why we're talking about this in our relationships because Jesus thought that it was important. He cares about people and it's not enough just to think about it. It's not enough just to tell somebody else about how great your friend is or how thankful you are for your wife or your husband or whatever, that you need to tell them, right? At some point in time in your life, regardless of your personality, regardless of whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, regardless of whether you're, well, I'm just my family. We don't do that. We don't express our emotions that way. We even got to figure it out. You have to figure out a way to get what's on the inside out to those people that we are most grateful for. Because over time, unexpressed gratitude communicates ingratitude and communicates rejection. And to take it one step deeper. Maybe I've already went too deep, but Pastor Brad said that I could do this, and I mean, maybe that's one of the best parts of being a guest speaker. I don't know. But right, the, the, the next thing I say may bother you a little, bit, a little bit, but I hope if it bothers you, you'll ask the question, why does this bother me? Why is it, why is this upsetting me a little bit? But here it is. Unexpressed gratitude may indicate an inflated view Of self, right? Unexpressed gratitude may indicate an inflated view of self. It's unexpressed gratitude. It's in my heart, but I'm not going to say anything, right? I'm sure they already know, right? They work for me. It's what they're supposed to do. It's why I give them a paycheck, right? That's what they're supposed to do. She's my wife. That's how she's supposed to be. That's what she's supposed to do, right? He's my husband. He should be acting that way. I don't need to tell him I'm expressed how I feel, right? Unexpressed gratitude may indicate an inflated view of self. In other words, if it's hard for you to say thank you, if it's hard for you to express appreciation for those people that are closest to you, if it's hard for you to sit down with somebody and let them know how much you care about them and how much you value them and how thankful you are for them in your life, you might need to ask yourself, why? Why is that? I mean, we are all smart enough in this room to know that none of us got anywhere we are in life without somebody else coming behind us, without somebody else being there for us, right? And so if there's something inside of you that finds it difficult to express gratitude in your life, you need to ask yourself, why is that the case? I mean, think about how we say it, right? There's a sense that we owe somebody a debt of gratitude, right? We owe somebody a debt of gratitude. That unexpressed gratitude is a debt that is yet to be paid. We found If we found those nine guys in the story that, that, that we just shared, and they're on their way to the priest, and we ask them, are you grateful? Oh, my goodness. You don't understand. You don't understand. I have just been given my life back. I am so grateful. It feels so amazing, and yet it's not enough just To feel it on the inside. We have to be able to show it and share it and express it. And we may not all express it in the same way, right? We may not all have the same energy and we may not all have the same way of expressing it, but we need to figure it out, especially for those people who are most important to us and those relationships that are most important because gratitude and ingratitude will determine how our relationships work out in life. They either communicate acceptance or rejection. And right now, every single one of us in this room, every single person watching online, right, this dynamic is being played out in our lives. And the question is this, have you figured out a way? Have you developed a habit? Have you taken the time to deal even with your own pride that you are in the habit of expressing gratitude to others? Or think of it this way, the way, that, the, the, the way it was posed in the story from, from, that we just read about, the way that Jesus looked at it, right? Are you going to be the one or are you going to be one of the nine? Because I think we all want to be the one. I think we all want to be. I think that's what's inside all of us. So we're going to end here, and I'm going to ask you a couple questions, and I'm going to try to bring a couple faces to your minds. <clears throat> And here's how you might struggle with this as I'm sharing this, right? Because if I were sitting in your seat, I'd be thinking, "Ah, eh, you know what, he's right, he's right. There's probably some people in my life that I need, to, I need to do a better job of expressing gratitude for, and I'm grateful for them, and maybe they're sitting right over there across the room. Maybe they're sitting right next to me. I don't know. But if I express gratitude to them today or tomorrow, they're just going to think the only reason I'm doing it is because of what the sermon was on Sunday. And I, 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 I'm just going to wait a couple of weeks. Right? i just wait a couple of weeks. right? Okay, we need to understand something. That is pride, right? That is pride right there. And that's something that we need. I get it. I think that way all the time. I, I get that. On top of that, a lot of us, like, You don't want some guy up here telling you how you should raise your kids and how your relationship can be better with your husband or wife, and especially not this guy because he's not even the real pastor. He's just a guest speaker. And so I get it. Nobody really likes to be told what to do, right? Nobody really likes that. How do I know that? Well, how many of you have ever bought something from the store and you opened it up and it had instructions and the, the vast majority of us go, instructions? <laughs> Who needs those? I can figure this out on my own. I don't need to listen to anybody else. Right? I get it. I get it. But if the person that you need to express gratitude to is here today or they're with you right now and you don't, it's going to sting even more. They're going to feel even more unappreciated. Right? Because they know. <laughs> they know that they're being uh, unappreciated. It's okay. Just own it. And they will appreciate it. Don't wait until somebody thinks this is your idea, right? Don't wait for that to happen because they know you, <laughs> right? They know that that's not going to happen. It, they, they, it would have already happened if, if it was going to play out that way. So let's just get that out of the way. So here's a few questions I want you to think about as we're closing here. I want you to think this. Who is it that you have taken for granted in your life? Who is it that you have not appreciated, right? Who's helped you move forward and you haven't expressed your gratefulness to them? Might be a parent, could be a coach that you've had, it could be a friend, a coworker, a spouse, it could be anybody, right? And you've just never expressed your appreciation to them. Or maybe it's just been a really long time since you've expressed your appreciation and your gratitude to them. Who is it that you need to pull aside? And you need to talk to them and let them know how much you appreciate them. For some of us, there are people in our past, and we may not even have really close relationships with them anymore. We may not even be sure where they are right now. But when we think about it, when we think about our story and we come back to it, they are always people that pop up as somebody who helped us get where we are, right? If they hadn't given me my first job, if they hadn't put up with me when nobody else would put up with me, right? And you're so grateful for them. Whenever you tell your story, they come up. And maybe you never thank them in any kind of a formal way. Who has helped you move forward in life? Think about it. Don't you want to be the one and not the nine? Right? Don't you want to be the one in that story and not the nine? You want to be the person. I think we all do. It's inside all of us. And so I want to invite you to do something this week. And if you do it, awesome. If you don't, like I said, I'm going to be gone in two weeks. I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't follow up with you necessarily. And so it's just an invitation. But it's something if you do it, I think it will do something in your relationships that maybe you never even realized was possible. I want to invite you to write three notes to people this week. Not text messages. Text messages is an easy way out. Everybody text messages. Not many people get handwritten notes anymore. I think there's something about a handwritten thank you. I, I, you may have heard me say this before or someone else share with you. I'm a youth pastor in Bourbon A, and, and so I, at this time of year, I get to go to a lot of grad parties and, and you know, always give a little gift and a card. And, 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 I, and recently, about this time, I start receiving some thank you cards. And when I read the ones that take the time to really man, Pastor Mark, thanks so much for these last four years. Thanks so much for investing in my life. Thanks so much. You don't understand what it's meant to me. It just does something. It's something different about a handwritten note, right? And so I want to invite you. Would you be willing to intentionally think about who those people are, who those people are come to mind, and reach out to those people by writing them a, a note and telling them how much you appreciate what they've done in a meaningful way. Maybe there are some people that you just need to call up and say, hey, can we get together? Can we get together for a cup of coffee or I'd like to buy you lunch? I just want to get together. I just want to have a conversation because maybe we need to see them face to face. Because here's what I know, that every single one of us, we are grateful in our hearts. We are grateful for those people that have come alongside us and helped us get where we are today. But the question is, have we expressed it? Have we shared that with those people? Because unexpressed gratitude is felt and experienced like ingratitude. And it's not enough to feel it. We have to express it as well. If this message challenged you and moved you forward, personally or in faith, we encourage you to share it with someone who needs a message of hope today. And if you're interested or looking for ways to partner with us in our mission here at The Table, head on over to thetablejoliet.org for more information.